it's me, Ava Cat, and today we're going to be reading The Adventurer's Guide to Successful Escapes. Toth's Guide to All Things Dungeon Related says the following about dungeon design. Use smooth stone for all surfaces. Eliminates tunneling. A thick door with an iron bar. Locks, locks can be picked. Shackles on the walls and ceiling for variety. And the bones of at least one former occupant piled in the corner for morale. However, it also adds, regardless of the design, never put an orphan in a dungeon. It's not worth the headache. The little rascals never stay put. Chapter 4. The Silver Medallion. 239. 240. 241. Faint vibrations. And lay on the hard bunk. Staring at the stars through the tiny barred window high up near the ceiling. Like the matron's office, the dungeon was immaculate to the point of where a person could practically eat off the floor. In fact, knowing the matron, one might be given no other choice. The matron had thrown Anne in the cell without another word, but not before confiscating the gauntlet and everything in her coat pockets, including her drawings, the book, and the passenger ticket. 284. 285, 286. The vibrations increased and the bunk began to rattle. Anne thought about the gauntlet. The mere sight of it had elicited such a bizarre response from the matron. Anne had seen her angry many times, but never so livid as to be rendered speechless. Then Anne's thoughts shifted to Jocelyn. Anne pictured again the dragon rearing up its glowing green eyes, and the green ball of flame. She shivered at the memory and shook her head to clear the images from her mind. 298, 299, 300. An iron knight stomped past the little slot in the doorway. Five minutes exactly. That was the length of its patrol. Anne had been keeping track, and it hadn't deviated once, not by a second. There had been little point in trying to sneak away during daylight hours, but now that night had fallen, Anne could make her way to the dock under cover of darkness, hopefully in time to board the ship. That was presuming she could escape and avoid getting flamed to death or eaten by a roaming dragon. As soon as the Iron Knight moved past the door, Anne rolled off the bunk. Fortunately, the matron had been so furious she hadn't bothered to search Anne thoroughly, and the pocket knife was still tucked inside her sock. Anne took it out and moved to the door. It was solid oak, six inches thick. But Anne focused on its weak point, the lock. The pocket knife contained more than just a blade. Anne had attached other implements as well, including a thin probe perfect for lock picking. She'd first created it to get into the library and had gotten plenty of practice with it over the years. After only half a minute of careful work, Anne heard a satisfying click as the locking mechanism released. She pulled on the door handle, but the door didn't move. She braced her foot against the wall and pulled with her full weight, tugging repeatedly until she nearly hyperventilated, but it refused to budge. It must have been barred from the outside as well. She let out a long breath and sank to the floor. So much for plan whatever the letter of the alphabet we're on now. A few minutes later, the Iron Knight rumbled past again, shaking the cell and Anne despaired of ever leaving. Then she heard a knock on the door. Was that the Iron Knight? Since when did they knock? Psst! 
Anne jumped at the sound. She peeked through the slot in the door and saw a familiar redhead peeking back at her. Pen! exclaimed Anne. Relief flooded over her. How did... Penelope held a finger to her lips. How did you know I was here? Anne asked in a quieter voice. I saw you return with the matron in that iron night, but I couldn't slip away until now. You're missing the ship. Penelope shook her head. I double-checked the clock in the main entrance on the way in. There's still 25 minutes left. The ship isn't leaving until after midnight, just like it was supposed to all along. And the matron lied to you. Anne felt a stir of anger. Why would she do that? I don't know, but I don't think we should wait around to find out. She rattled the door handle. The, do- the door's barred out here. I think I can lift it off, but I couldn't find the key. Anne nodded, already taken care of. Penelope ducked out of sight. Anne heard her grunt with exertion, and then a clunk of something heavy hitting the floor. A moment later, the latch clicked and the door swung open. How's that for first-time prison break? said Penelope. This is going to look awesome on our pirate resumes. And Penelope rebarred the door to cover their tracks. Then they snuck out of the dungeon, easily avoiding the patrolling Iron Knight. On the way... Anne gave a full account of everything that had happened, including Jocelyn, the gauntlet, and the dragon. Penelope gasped and cheered in all the right places. We got accepted into a quest academy, exclaimed Penelope. That's fantastic. When do we go? How do we go? I have no idea, said Anne, but I'm not sure we'd be welcome there anymore. Why not? What would I say? Thanks for the invitation. Sorry one of your instructors got flamed to death by a dragon when she came to get me. Penelope frowned. Okay, so that could be a little awkward. They climbed the long, winding staircase up from the dungeons until they reached the main floor of the manor. After checking that the coast was clear, Penelope started to move in the direction of the entrance, but Anne turned in the opposite direction. Where are you going? asked Penelope. Doc is this way. I need to go to the matron's office first, said Anne. Are you serious? squeaked Penelope. She has my stuff. Penelope tugged at Anne's sleeves. It's too big of a risk. Anne placed her hand over Penelope's. If I'm going to get away from here, at the very least, I need that ticket to get aboard the ship. And Jocelyn said any academy would take me if I had that gauntlet. She also said I could take you with me. Maybe her academy won't want us anymore, but another might. It's worth a try, isn't it? but you don't have to risk getting caught. I'll go alone. You head for the dock. Penelope shook her head fiercely. I'm not going without you. We're nearly out of time. That's why we need to hurry. What if the matron is in her office? Are you just going to march in and demand the ticket and gauntlet? Anne shrugged. I'll think of something. Maybe I can lure her out first. Leave that to me, said Penelope. I'll make a distraction, like we talked about doing on the ship. No, Pen, I can't let you. Penelope crossed her arms. I can be every bit as stubborn as you. I'll set off the alarm near the kitchen. It's the farthest place in the building from her office. That should give you plenty of time. Anne sighed. Okay, but after that, head straight for the ship. Penelope nodded. They shared a quick hug and set off. Penelope ran toward the kitchens, and Anne once again made her way along the empty winding corridors. The statues in the hallway leading to the matron's office created an eerie tunnel of horrors, and every creak of the floorboards made her jump.
She crept, she crept along as quietly as possible. If the matron caught her this time, she'd drop Anne straight down Shaft 11 and block up the entrance for good. The door to the office stood wide open. Shadows played off the walls as someone paced back and forth. Anne could hear the matron muttering to herself. A wailing cry echoed down the corridor, and Anne nearly jumped out of her shoes. The kitchen alarm. Anne ducked behind the nearest statue. She had barely crouched out of sight when the matron rushed from her office and hurried past. As soon as the matron disappeared around the corner, Anne crept to the office door and glanced inside. Row upon row of glass domes gleamed in the moonlight, but the room was otherwise empty. Anne hurried over to the desk and began searching. Most of the drawers contained stacks of paper, but the large drawer at the bottom was locked. She crouched down and dug out her pocket knife again. This lock provided trickier than the door of the dungeon cell, but eventually she got it. She opened the drawer and a wave of relief washed over her. The gauntlet was inside, and underneath it was the book, still with the same title as before. Unfortunately, her drawings were nowhere to be found, and the loose page with the ticket was also missing. No doubt the matron had destroyed it. Amazingly, though, when Anne opened the cover of the book, there was another ticket, identical to the first one, printed on what was now the first page. She shoved the book into her pocket, confident this time that the ticket would remain until she needed it. But the gauntlet was too bulky. It would be easier to wear than carry. So she pulled it onto her left hand. Then the alarm cut off. Anne knew she had to leave the office before the matron returned. But as she stood, she noticed something. On the desk was the dome containing the silver medallion with the scarred dragon image. What had the matron been doing with it? Another faint sound rang out. The clock at the in the entrance was chiming midnight. Anne panicked. The ship would soon be leaving. She ran for the door and was halfway across the room when the twelfth chime struck. She stopped and stared at it, unsure what had just happened. It twitched again. She tugged at the gauntlet, but it wouldn't come off. It began to grow warm. Anne tried to wrench it from her hand as soon as it was so hot it burned. She suppressed a scream while waving her left arm wildly in the hopes of shaking it off. Then, the whole room started rattling, and despite her pain, Anne froze in terror. All the medallions vibrated against the glass of their domes, including the silver medallion on the desk. The rattling intensified as the gauntlet became even hotter, until suddenly, the glass dome on the desk shattered, and the silver medallion flew directly at Anne. She raised her arms to shield her face, and the medallion struck the gauntlet. The force of the impact knocked her backward into a shelf, and she tumbled to the floor. A tiny rainbow-colored sparrow appeared above the medallion in a burst of light. It swooped around Anne three times, its wings brushing against her hair as it passed. But then it fell back into the medallion, almost as if it had been pulled back, and disappeared in another splash of light. For a long time, Anne just sat, rocking back and forth, tears streaming down her cheeks, cheeks as both the gauntlet's heat and her pain gradually subsided.
When she opened her eyes again, she saw that the medallion had fixed itself to the circular insert in the gauntlet cuff. Whatever it was that just that had just happened, Anne suspected it was about to create more problems for her than it would solve. Something clanked in the doorway. The matron stood at the threshold along with a single iron knight. The matron held out her hand. Give me the medallion. While the gauntlet did not belong or er, while the gauntlet did belong to Anne, the medallion admittedly did not. Thinking she might appease the matron by cooperating, Anne tried to remove the silver disc, but like the gauntlet itself, the medallion refused to budge. It won't come off, she said breathlessly. Then give me the gauntlet. Anne hugged the gauntlet to herself. It's mine, she said defiantly. Besides, it's stuck on too. The matron clenched and unclenched her jaw. Finally, she turned to the Iron Knight. Remove it for her, she said. But how can it remove the gauntlet when I can't? asked Anne. In answer, the Iron Knight stepped forward and drew its sword. Okay, guys, that is it for this episode of The Adventurer's Guide for Successful Escapes. I hope that you join us tomorrow for another episode. Okay, bye!